Hello and welcome into another edition of the College Football News Podcast. As always, Nick Shepkowski with you, Pete Futek with you as well. Ready to break down what happened last week in college football and get ahead and get you ready for the game of the year. The one that has all the implications on the college football playoff. Alabama hosting LSU this weekend. Number two versus number three in the nation according to the college football playoff rankings that came out on Tuesday night. We'll get you a preview with that from our guy Ryan Fowler, radio host down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He'll break all of that down for you. Not a ton to take away from this previous weekend as it was one of the lower probably interest weekends in college football this past week. Not a ton that you looked at and were like, okay, walking away and making a grand conclusion off of that. The Baylor game was interesting. They got tested by West Virginia on Thursday night on Halloween night. But Oregon blows out USC. Georgia, although they only win by a touchdown, they dominate against Florida. They eliminate Florida just like uh, we knew that was going to happen. One of those teams is going to be out of the conversation going in. And that's exactly what happened. Utah survives a scare at Washington by way of onside kick. They walk out with a victory, survive in advance. That's what ends up happening there. And SMU, Southern Methodist, falls from the ranks of the unbeatens and probably makes their path to a potential Cotton Bowl damn near impossible as a result of that. So let's just take away from this past week, looking ahead here to week 11, nothing bigger than LSU and Alabama. A little bit different scenario here on the College Football News Podcast this week because Pete Futek, who's always with us, a little bit sick, a little bit under the weather this week, I had the craziest week in my life. My wife gave birth on Halloween night to a beautiful baby girl. So I'm playing from behind as well and made this past weekend a little bit more crazy. So apologize in advance for maybe the shortness of this episode and really getting into things as deep as we would have liked. It just kind of wasn't as possible as we would have liked with that. But with that said, Ryan Fowler does a fantastic job covering the Alabama Crimson Tide, hosts the afternoon show down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and was kind enough to join us on the College Football News Podcast to preview what is the game of the year in the SEC, probably the game of the year in all of college football. Ryan Fowler, kind enough to join us, talk some Tide, talk some SEC. What's up, Ryan? Man, this is going to be awesome. I mean, this town is exploding with energy. Uh, I've lived here for 19 years, and I cannot remember an environment that's like this. It's just, I mean, well, I mean, think about this. 2011 was huge. But the president of the United States of America was not at that game. He's going to be at this one. I mean, I mean, it's, uh, it's just, it's off the charts. I mean, it, it, it's been like this. Like, you know, we're sitting here with hours away from the game, and it, it's been like this all week. I mean, I, I feel like we've already played the game and we haven't got there yet. How healthy is uh, to his ankle? You know, it's probably the most ta- talked about, you know, injury and. In, you know, history of Alabama football. I mean, you got to probably go back to Joe Namath's knee before, you know, you think about a, an injury that, that has been this coverage. Uh, but I, everything that I have heard from people that I've spoken to is, is I think he'll be good to go. I, I don't know if anybody's going to be 100% at this point, but I think he'll be as close as you can possibly get uh, with this medical staff. And, 
you got to keep in mind, and I know a lot of people criticize that tightrope procedure, and they say, well, you know, they're not big fans of it. And, you know, this, this school has really had good luck with it. And, you know, you look at Cam Robinson, uh, you look at other players that have been able to get back, I think that's the part that you're going to have to look at for a couple of minutes, and you're going to say, you know, th- this is one of those that – think about it to a – like if you're the guy that invented the tightrope procedure, and you're the guy, and it fails, like, you're like, I mean, you'll never do another tightrope surgery, right? So, if it, if it, but if it, you know, succeeds, look, look at the, the amount of tension that will be given to this. And so that's when, you know, you really begin to think about it. I mean, it's, I mean, everybody will be doing these high ankle sprains. Everybody will be doing this tightrope procedure. But it's done, let, let me also say this, I was at a restaurant here maybe about a week and a half ago, and a doctor walked up to me, and he said, a surgeon, he's an orthopedic surgeon, he doesn't do this particular specialty, but he said, let me explain the tightrope procedure to you. He said, because I think a lot of people are misunderstanding about what this procedure. It's not there for the healing process. You know, those ligaments and and things are going to have to naturally heal on their own, and they can do all the things to increase circulation and, you know, increase that time. But the tightrope procedure is done to prevent it from happening in the future. And so a lot of this is done to kind of prevent, you know, from it happening again and, you know, really costing Alabama a national title run. Uh, oh, dear Lord. So fine. basically what we're saying is Trump's showing up. We have a tightrope procedure. So you're basically you're building in excuses for the college football playoff people to say. So if Alabama loses, well, if the president showed up late, the tightrope procedure didn't click. So so basically I get I get what you're saying here. You're, you're kind of building no, up your we case. Don't, we don't need they, excuses in Tuscaloosa, uh, man. Yeah. We don't need excuses. Uh, if you listen to my Listeners here in Tuscaloosa, I mean, they've got Alabama winning by like 35 points. I mean, All right, but if they LSU, lose, so that, that's been the narrative on, you know, Feinbaum's gone uh, gone heavy on this. Herb Street said it last night. It, I'm not in this camp, but if Alabama loses, is that kind of it? Because you got nothing else. I mean, there's where's the win? You know, Joker, where's so. the weenie? I, Where, where's the yeah, victory? I, I kind of think they're still in to a point because it's Alabama and the committee loves Alabama. But, yeah, it's going to be a hard sell. Well, it just depends on it, it. depends on the game. You know, if LSU walks in and they win this game pretty comfortable, you know, if it's a last-second field goal, then you know maybe you could make that argument. Uh, but I look at the committee and and I've been screaming down here. I don't have a problem with Alabama being two or three. That that's not I have the problem. But if I'm an LSU guy, I'm looking at this poll and I'm going, what more must we do? What I mean, what I test. Do we not pass when you oh, look dear. at LSU? I, I, I have dealt with Ohio State fans all day long, and I, I'm in the. I believe that Ohio State's the best team in the country, but I am so with you. I could tell. Nobody knows what the strength of schedule is. It's no, they played one game against Northwestern State, who's one and eight. That's the difference in your strength of schedule. And Ohio State fans are not understanding the difference between pl- beating the tenth and eleventh team and the thirteenth and twentieth team. With the twentieth team being really ask every coach in America and everybody on that college football playoff committee, would you rather play Florida and Auburn and let's say at, at Texas or Wisconsin, Cincinnati, and at Indiana, and you'd get 143 out of 143 saying, yeah, give us that Wisconsin, Cincinnati, Indiana thing. 
Well, and, and Pete, you went out to Grapevine and, and went through the selection process. I, I've never been, so I'm going to be guessing on what I'm about to say. But I wonder if this committee put LSU at number two to give them a margin of error. Let's say that Alabama comes in and they beat them by two touchdowns or, I don't know, 17, 18 points. Does this not like, – like if you put them at number one, and LSU kind of gets spanked, then isn't that embarrassing? Because you just told us four or five days ago that they were number one. No, they, they don't really want the Mississippi like State thing from a few years ago. Yeah, no, they Mississippi State like happens, and then three weeks later, they're barely in the top 25. Well, yeah, I, I don't it, think that's how this works. I, I, I do think that they, they really said they, they really, I mean, you can't argue really against Ohio State. I mean, they've been flawless. So I do get that. Um, I just don't like the process on how they got there because if you do believe in that, then, okay, then what's with the 10th and 11th? But the problem this year, I, looking ahead, is you know, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. We're not even talking about the game. But if you, if, if let's say Alabama loses, that Penn State Ohio State game's a problem. So if you're an Alabama fan, you got to be rooting hard for Minnesota because if Penn State wins out or it goes 11 and one, and its losses at Ohio State, that that they're in. Well, and 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 I know that's the debate. We were on that SC, excuse me, that college football teleconference last night, and there was a question that came up uh, when you look at Penn State, and you know credit to what James Franklin's been able to do there, but I, I don't. You know, and, and I know we're all talking about great scenarios. What if Penn State goes to Minnesota, they get beat there, uh, and then then they turn around and beat Ohio State? Or you know, I mean, I mean, the same thing could be played here. What what if Alabama, you know, loses to or or they beat LSU, but then they lose to Auburn? And basically, then you yeah. I mean, it could be like, crazy and, fast. And basically, what happens is you really go. It, I still think it holds true. It all always kind of shakes out. Who's going to go twelve and one? Who's going to win their Power Five conference championship? And then you go from there. And then we see. And that's that's where these you know what eleven and one versus eleven and one arguments are going to be a whole blast uh, to see how this happens and to see you know if we do have a repeat of two years ago where you know and we still haven't had a, a conference championship yet where the underdog has beaten the big guy. So until it, at some point we're overdue for like a nine and three pit to beat Clemson or something like that. So we're still waiting to see what's out there and what could happen. Yeah, and, and, and see, that's what all this is going to – I mean, this is going to be – and, and we've talked about this before. This is going to be an absolute incredible month of college football. This is why we do what we do is because this is going to set up where every, everything kind of matters. And, uh, you know, you're going to have pressure. And, and you know, you're going to have – you know, I think Nick Saban said it best. If you don't win this game, none of this other stuff's important. Well, here, let me and, throw that scenario yeah. at you now. And I'm sure you've talked about this. Let's say Tua's 70%. He's obviously not himself. Or he's good, or it comes out later that the ankle's just as bad, or they have to replace him with Mac Jones. And then a week later, he's fine, and they throttle everyone else, including Auburn. And then the committee can go back and say, yeah, well, they didn't have Tua when he was 100%, and now he I is. So this, we, this, there's a whole lot of stuff there. Look at Pete getting on the excuse train already, too. Yeah. I, I mean, well, and, and, and I got blessed out today from a couple of Alabama fans that, that I, I said that because, you know, I was already trying to set up the argument, you know, what what happens. I mean, and you just you run through these different scenarios, 
you know, we know that that injury factor is a part of their criteria. And, and so, but with everything, unless there's just a major setback, but I mean, when we say a major setback, it's not about a practice. It, it's about the first play of the game. You know, it's about mm-hmm. when you first take that hit, or let's say he tries to break a tackle. Okay, he, he's running out there, and, you know, he's, I don't know, he gets pushed out of the pocket, which I mean, that's I'm old enough to remember do. the SEC championship game where he was fine, he was fine, he was fine, not fine. Yeah, and so that may be, you know, the, the situation where, okay, he's ready to go, you prepared him, and then you go out there and you play him and, and you got to get kicked in the teeth. So, because I don't think, listen, I like Mac Jones. I think he's a, he's got a chance to be, you know, the early 2020 favorite, but I don't know if he's going to have enough offense to, to beat LSU. But, you know, the other part of the scenario that I've been thinking about is Alabama has normally ran through LSU. Like, in other words, they've just pounded the football. Isn't it like and, you know, four the last five years they've won by double digits or something crazy like that? Yeah. It, it, well, it's just, it, I mean, like 29 up in last year. Uh, I'm just trying to think. I, I think so. I mean, I don't remember. I mean, that 2016 game down there was was close going into the fourth quarter. But, no, so Jalen, I, but Is that but the one where Jalen ran for a late touchdown and – yeah, yeah. I screamed yeah. that he deserved Heisman consideration they never got. But, yeah, yeah. I, there have been those. All right, so let me ask you this. Is the Bama secondary good enough? It hasn't played anybody yet who's really tested them, have it? No, no, no they haven't. No, they haven't. No, I mean, I, I, I'm right there. That's why I said I didn't have a problem with Alabama's schedule. And, see, you could take the argument. If you want to take the half-full approach, you could take it like this. And you could say, okay, Alabama's going to hit the switch. Alabama's going to hit the switch. Alabama's going to find a way to hit, and they're going to play their best football, you know, in, in this game. Because think about this. Okay, we've all taken tests. And if you know that you've already got an A in the class, how much are you going to study for that final test? Like, if you know that there's no way that you're going to fail the class, You've got an A. You've got an A. You have an A. That's where Alabama's been. So it's like, okay, what level of focus do you have? I mean, Arkansas, no. Ole Miss, no. I mean, not even Texas A&M, which is the one that we circled back in yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the summer. I mean, they, there's nobody to grab their attention. And that's not Alabama's fault. That's the rest of the SEC's fault, that they haven't been able to, you know, to, to, to now this final month, you would think they would be tested. Uh, LSU, Auburn, Western and the Carolina SEC championship. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, Western Carolina, man, those catamounts. I mean, I know they're <laughs> dangerous, but uh, no, I mean, it's it's going to be a lot of fun to see exactly how this shapes up. And all right, let me know, let me throw your doomsday scenario at you. What happens if it's Santa Clara? What happens is, oh dear God, Joe Burrow is that good? The Heisman race is over, and they come out, and that offense just goes off like it's been going all year. And it's not necessarily Alabama's fault, but speaking of tests, LSU's offense is just that good, and we have just a, a Clemson-like wipeout. It, it, what do you do then if you are Alabama as a program? Well, what do you what do you mean? Do I mean just load up and? 
put your if big that's boy two pants straight, on. If, that, if, if you have two games, the last two games against real big-time offenses and the Nick Saban defense that has been oh, such a killer oh, for a decade, oh, yeah. well, I mean, and you, they go out, what happens? Like, do you scuttle the ship if you're Saban? Is it really well, yeah, start over? Well, what and, happens? And I do. In a minute, I'll say this. You guys don't put it on a on a title page, and I'm going to get paid up by <laughs> Alabama fans. So I'm going to be very cautious. But um, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to trick you know word it where I properly uh, don't get scolded down here. I don't think this is Nick Saban's strongest coaching staff. I I don't think. Of course, not. you got Steve I mean, Sarkeesian doing things. Well, I mean, I mean, Sark is good on the offensive side of the football, but defensively, uh, South and Surrey is is pretty solid. I'm still, I, I'm in the jury is still out on Pete Golding, the defensive coordinator. I'm I'm just not there yet. Uh, Charles Kelly is is another guy that you know you begin to kind of look at and say, okay, this guy's big, uh, but but like I'm just not ready to look at this defensive staff and say. This is Nick Saban's best coaching staff. I, I'm not there yet, and and I wasn't uh, there last year. I thought Tosh Lapoy was, you know, not a not a great option at uh, the DC spot, and I'm just not there with 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 Pete I, I just think that, and I'm not talking about preparation. I'm not talking about knowledge of the defense. I'm talking about in game, in game, in game adjustments. Because that's what it is. It's a chess match. I mean, you see coaches, and they'll counter each other. How good's Pete Golding? This guy's a young defensive coordinator, and he went through the ranks pretty fast. It's just—it's not that he's not there. It's just simply it's about game experience. And, you know, it's kind of like Nick Saban at halftime of the Santa Clara-Clemson game. He said they're doing stuff we hadn't even practiced yet. So when you look and, at – when we spoke to you earlier this year, right before the season started, kind of hinted that if not now for Nick Saban, will it ever happen again for Nick Saban? I, over halfway into the season, game of the year on the line on Saturday, what's kind of the feel around this Alabama team? Is there the confidence of it's as good, it, anywhere near as good as advertised? Because it's not sitting at number one like we had expected. It's not just Alabama and Clemson in a race to a championship like we expected. What's kind of the vibe around uh, Tuscaloosa in the state of Alabama in regards to this team? Well, I, I think it's when you when you look at this offense, uh, it's it's a record-setting offense. But does it have enough? See, because I think there was questions around this defense coming into the season. Well, then you go through all the injuries that Alabama went through, and you you kind of backtrack a little bit and you say, okay, okay, all right, so so. Where do you, you you know? There's not a Dylan Moses out there. Well, and and you know you go through that linebacker and these guys. Listen, Shane Lee and Christian Harris, these guys will be there one day and they'll be Alabama's. You know that you could build around on that side of the football because they'll have all this experience. But I don't see a CJ Mosley out there. I don't see a Dante Hightower. I don't see a Reggie Ragland. You know, I see a lot of guys that 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 are going to continue to grow. Nick, do you have some violins you can play, like in the background here, this, uh, <laughs> the, the, for the this little engine that could Alabama program? That's that, right. You know, yeah, everyone's counting them out. They're never exactly. Well, no, but, but, I mean, Nobody I mean, believes well, you in us. Tell me, y'all. I mean, you look at Shane Lee and you look at Christian Harris. I mean, they're just not where you know you would expect this Alabama team to 
to, to, to be defensively. I mean, it's just there's a lot of weaknesses that Alabama's going to have to work through. Uh, but I still think, I, I think Alabama's going to win this game, and I think they're going to win it comfortably. I just, I think Alabama, you give Nick Saban extra time, which he did not have in Santa Clara. He didn't have the extra time. But I think you're going to get the extra time. And you, know, you, you start going to a chess match. You think about Coach O against Nick Saban. Well, that's a, you know, that's a lopsided victory for, for Alabama. When yeah, you but look at those, those assistants for LSU. Right. Like you said, I, 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 yeah, Coach O versus Saban, of course. But at the moment, those LSU assistants are crushing it. No, they are. Yeah, I mean, they are. Um, and, you know, Joe Brady against uh, Pete <laughs> Golding. Yeah, that's probably a win, you know, for, for Joe Brady in, in LSU. So this is I'm, – I'm telling you, this is going to be a great game. I, I mean, I, I love everything about this. I mean, it's just going to be it, – it's – it's and we had the bye week. So I know the rest of the world got here on earlier this week. But we've been talking about this game. I mean, I'm, I'm like – I mean, I'm ready to kick this thing off. I mean, let, let's find out. I mean, the talking season is almost over for Alabama. And, and your stadium is going to be half out. full Listen. because no one's going to be able to get in because of the security. Because of Trump's going to be there. It's going to be like the national championship where people are coming in all wet and cold 45 minutes after the fact. Well, and, you know, you got to remember it's it's election or it will be election year. So, you know, it's a uh, it's it's a big popular state for Donald Trump. So they're, they're willing to make sacrifices. But if you know, he makes them wait too long out there. I was going to say that. <laughs> you know, that that's a negative. You don't State do that. Might be going blue all of a sudden. It, it, yeah. it comes out yeah, exactly. If he comes out in an AU hat, you know, then all of a sudden it's really bad for him. So, so what's your call? Be- so so it's going to be you're you're obviously going to say Alabama win. How much by how much is it? Are they going to just dominate? How do they win this game? I think they're going to run it down LSU's throat. I just think that when, when you look at this game, I think that's where Alabama is going to win this game. Offensive line against LSU's defensive line. Their front, uh, you, you just look at it and you say, watch Alabama's offensive line. Because I still think, and I know I told, I may have told you guys this, I thought this offensive line would rival 2012 as the second best Nick Saban offensive line. And so far, they've had some injuries. They had some things to deal with. But I think when it's all said and done, we'll look at this offensive line as one of Nick Saban's best. I uh, think they're going to bomb away. They're going to bomb gonna... away. They saw what Sam Ellinger did, 400 yards, and that's going to be – Ellinger and that Texas offense went for 400. They're, look, I'm just waiting for these two receiving cores to go off. Yeah, but I don't. But I don't think this game is going to be played. I don't think in, so either. Actually, I, I think I, it's going to be in the thirties. Uh, yep, maybe even less. But but everybody's talking about fifty nine, fifty eight. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It's not. I think it's. I think it's going to be a game. It's going to be a lot less scoring than what we're anticipating. Ryan, appreciate you taking the time. Unfortunately, we're in a little bit of a little bit of a time crunch. Hopefully, it's not like that way for all the fans getting in on Saturday. Enjoy the hell out of the game. Going to be one of those uh, once-in-a-lifetime type experiences, one versus two. Uh, enjoy it, and I'm sure we'll check back before the college football playoff to see the state of things in the southeast. Hey, roll tide and get Pete down here, man. <laughs> we, our medical staff could get him in shape, I promise you. He's got to be ready to go next week. 
because he's going to have to be looking ahead to all this college football matchup. Thank you guys so much. Big thanks again to Ryan Fowler for joining us here on the College Football News Podcast. It's Nick Shepkowski, Pete Futek, like I said, kind of in the open there. Strange week, crazy week for all of us. Uh, Pete being sick, myself having uh, my wife give birth over uh, end of last week. So a little bit shortened show, unfortunately, for that. But I thought that was pretty good coverage of what's going to go into what is as big a game in college football as we're going to have all season long this year. Alabama hosting LSU as it doesn't get any bigger than that. I think it's an elimination game. The way things sit right now, we've seen two teams from the same conference make the college football playoff before. You just have to look back two years. Remember that classic Georgia-Oklahoma game in the Rose Bowl? Ended up leading uh, Georgia to the national championship game where they lost a heartbreaker to Alabama. Well, that was two teams that were on different sides of the conference. An SEC East team in Georgia, SEC West in Alabama. Two teams from the same division. I have real trouble believing that that's going to be, even if it is the SEC and the SEC West, and as daunting a task as that is, I think it's an elimination game. And in a game like this, I know it's not always the safest of things. It's not no guarantee by any means. But to me, I go with the home team in it. I go with the team that's played in these kind of marquee, big-time games more. And for me, it's Alabama on their home field. Can LSU slow down a run game? Can they slow down teams defensively that you haven't necessarily seen them do at least against some of the better teams out there? I go with Alabama. I think they win a thriller. I think they win a close one. I think it's probably somewhere around 27, 24, right in that neighborhood. I like LSU getting points. I don't necessarily like them to win straight up in this one. I just don't think they're going to be able to make enough stops when they need to in order to win that game. Pete himself has Alabama winning this thing. He has them winning on collegefootballnews.com, his official prediction on there, 30-24 to 24 being the final score. Hey, let's just hope both teams have fun, right? No, hope for a thriller. When you have a game as hyped as this one is that you've been looking forward to since week one, since week two of the season, counting down to Bama LSU, the series hasn't been great so far, or at least in recent years. Been a lot of domination from Alabama. Let's hope that we get a doozy, a great one, on Saturday afternoon down in Tuscaloosa. Thank you again for listening to the College Football News Podcast on a kind of crazy, kind of odd, kind of strange week. Next week, hopefully everyone's healthy, more available as well. And we'll get more further in detail recapping the week that was, the college football playoffs, some coaching changes and coaching extensions being made that we have to dive into as well. But thank you for listening to this episode of the College Football News Podcast. For Pete Butek, I'm Nick Shepkowski. Thanks again to Ryan Fowler for joining us. Enjoy the games. We'll be back next week on the College Football News Podcast.